Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me today. St. Patrick's Day done, and spring starts tomorrow. Thank you for joining me. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, it is the weekend. It is 8.48 a.m. here in Southern Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Doug. I hope everybody out there had a really good week. I got to tell you, you know, this past week, um, for the March break, you know, being that the kids were off school, and that the weather was just fantastic. Thursday, March the 17th, was St. Patrick's Day. For those who celebrate it, whether you're Irish or not, I guess it's just a day that you decide to Have some cold beverages. You know, 10 years ago, on March the 17th, here in the city of London, Ontario, Canada, where I reside, it marked the 10th anniversary of something that we're not really proud of here in the city of London, Ontario. London St. Patrick's Day riot 10 years ago. So the 17th of March, Thursday, a couple of, well, yeah, two days ago, that marked 10 years since the infamous St. Patrick's Day riot in the student housing near Fanshawe College, made world news, put London, Ontario on the map, not for all the good reasons, but all for all the wrong reasons. And uh, it has been, uh, yeah, what a crazy day uh, that was 10 years ago. And the London police chief at the time He called it the worst case of civil disobedience he had ever seen here in the city of London. A CTV news van was torched, 17 police cruisers damaged, emergency workers hurt, and 11 people criminally charged. 
That was 10 years ago. And you can actually, you, you can uh, Google search this. So the London, the uh, London uh, Free Press, London, Ontario Free Press, and you can Google search the uh, infamous St. Patrick's Day riot 10 years ago. Now, St. Patrick's Day this year was, um, again, it was a, a, a beautiful day. It was actually like something like, uh, 72 Fahrenheit, you know, or 22 Celsius sunshine and day. And, uh, all the bars and restaurants are, at, are, are open to, uh, uh, full capacity. And, um, I went out, I mean, I, you know, I want to go out. There's a, a, a sports bar that I, like to uh, go and have a couple of drinks and good food and, and watch a hockey game. And, and of course it was, it was just packed. Um, if you like St. Patrick's day, you like drinking green beer, you know, it's just a reason to get out there and, and have some cold beverages. Um, that was the day I was certainly the, the day to do that you know I couldn't get uh, done work fast enough and that so the patio the patio was open all the patios um, our bar like our bar scene um, here in the city of London um, it's called Richmond Row and uh, it is a bar and restaurant. And it goes on for blocks on end. So you could walk out of one bar into another one, cross the street and walk into a bar or a restaurant or whatever. But yeah, so 10 years ago, um, March 17th marked that 10 year anniversary. Actually, you know, it's something, it's something I got that I long forgot about, but being, being since, you know, all these major restrictions have been lifted here in Ontario, Canada, I guess they just felt the need to, to bring it up because they thought, you know, it's going to be a really nice sunny day, really warm day. And, um, I guess bring up some past history, you know, maybe afraid it might happen again, but it did not. And, uh, you know, I was downtown and everybody was, <clears throat> Everybody was just having fun. You know, um, March, as you know, um, so March 2020 was, you know, the beginning of this pandemic. And that's when everything went into hard lockdown. You know, so this is the first March, you know, throughout these two years you know, with all the major restrictions lifted, 
and um, people took full advantage of it. And, you know, it was really nice. It was, it was to see so many people out and people looking happy, people smiling, people feeling good. And that so spring is tomorrow. March the 20th marks the first day of spring, which couldn't come soon enough. You know, here, here across Canada, here in Ontario, um, it was, it was a harsh, it was a harsh winter. It really was half of January, all of February. It was just snow, snow everywhere and just bitter, just bitter cold. So I'm embracing it. Being that spring is tomorrow, but we have today, Saturday here in Ontario, Canada, kind of a soggy day. It's cloudy. We're going to have rain on and off, but it's going to be on the plus side of the temperatures. And little rain doesn't hurt anyways because it just washes the winter away. So I'm glad. I, I shouldn't say I'm glad. I'm, I'm, a, I'm happy. I'm happy it's springtime starting tomorrow and uh, of course um i've talked about this before when it comes to um lifting um all the uh, major um, restrictions that we have gone through um, these past two years starting monday March the 21st here in Ontario, Canada is lifting the mask mandates for nearly all settings. And it's only leaving a handful of laws in place to combat, to combat the uh, spread of COVID-19. And by the end of April, the handful that's left will shrink into an empty first with no restrictions left. Uh, I think we're talking probably around the 17th of April. So now when it comes to the mask mandates, so starting on Monday, um, all of the public um, indoor settings, except for hospitals, nursing homes, retirement homes, medical buildings, public transit will continue with the mask mandate. 
The kids returned to school on Monday. This is their March break. They've had the week off and they return back to school on Monday, which in all public schools, high schools, college, university, this mandate, this mask mandate will be lifted. Now, leading up to the March break, um, I guess it was, you know, even the Catholic school board, the public school board um, wanted the government to extend the mask mandate, you know, in, uh, with concerns that, you know, people will be going away over the March break, you know, leaving the country, coming back into the country. And, you know, worry, worrying about, you know, spreading COVID. The government, the Ontario government has made it very clear that yes, the mask mandate is being lifted on the 21st of March, but the school boards, you as an individual, you can make up your own, you can make your own choice. Whether you still want to wear a mask in a public setting will be entirely up to you. If that's something that makes you feel comfortable, then by all means, continue to wear a mask if that's what you wish to do. And that goes the same with parents sending their kids back to school on Monday. The child can still wear a mask if the child wants to. The parents want the child to wear the mask. It's going to be entirely up to the parents. If they still want their kids to wear a mask while they're in school all day. Now, throughout this whole time too, you know, um, we've, we've gone through the peak of this Omicron variant here um, in Ontario, Canada. And the government has, um, you know, has taken this, this gradual um, reopening and restrictions being lifted. And, you know, things, you know, things are, um, I mean, you know, my opinion that, you know, things have, have, have improved 95% here in the province of Ontario. It's nice to see more people going out, uh, out and about, you know, especially this week, because this whole week, you know, from Tuesday on really is when the weather 
um, has really improved and more people getting out and about. It's nice to see the malls being busy, the stores being busy. And, you know, I, I felt comfortable, you know, when I went out Thursday um, to my favorite sports bar to see, to see it really busy. It was packed. There wasn't a table available. And it was good for it was good for the restaurant. You know, um, to have a full establishment and making money and their and their their uh, their employees, the, the, the waiters, the waitresses, uh, the people working behind the bar, you know smiley faces everybody was everybody was good everybody's behaving themselves they had live music which is always nice to hear once again and of course you know as as we make this transition from winter into spring and our outdoor festivals um, all coming back because we have plenty of things to do coming into the spring and then into the summer months with our outdoor uh, festivals, outdoor concerts. You know, all this, all these things um, coming back and we can hopefully, you know, put this pandemic behind us. And get on with our lives and the things that we enjoy. So, now this, like, you know, when we were lifting the re these restrictions too, so, you know, the timeline for the, for the process, or the process actually started with the lifting of the vaccine passport um, requirements. Now that happened on March the 1st, so going into um, a restaurant, a movie theater, uh, going to the gym, um, going to uh, the casino, any bars, restaurants, whatever, you did not have to show proof that you were vaccinated. That was, that's, you know, was very, that was the very first um, restriction to be lifted. That was on March the 1st. And then, of course, um, 
capacity limits um, were lifted. Um, March the 14th um, was the next one. Uh, the mandatory vaccination policies ended. And so that meant that um, regarding the vaccines um, would be uh, revoked for employee employees within the, the ministries of education. Um, the children, community and social services, seniors and accessibility, long-term care homes. Then of course, March 21st, the masking ends. On March the 28th, the Reopening Ontario Act, that expires. So we've, like, it was the emergency orders under the um, Reopening Act. That will expire on the 28th because each time they enacted the emergency orders, they ran for 30 days increments. And on April the 20th, I guess I said the 17th, but I guess it's April the 27th. So pretty much the end of April. So all remaining measures and, and directives and orders will end. And that includes all masking re uh, requirements in all remaining settings. And it'll take away all remaining emergencies orders under the reopening act on the 27th. Now, even so, if places like hospitals and nursing homes and retirement homes, if they still choose to continue, even with the masks, that will be entirely up to those establishments, those corporations, those businesses, and that'll have nothing to do with the government. You know, people, you know, when you go to the hospital, you're going to the hospital to visit somebody, stuff like that. People are in the hospital because they are sick. So even so, if they still choose after April 27th for people to wear a mask, if you're going to go visit people in hospitals, retirement homes, and nursing homes, that'll be entirely up to those businesses, those corporations. Now, they also want to make it clear that this pandemic and that this COVID-19 um, had, dis had disappeared or that, or that this pandemic is over, it does not mean that we have to come to a place where we know that we need to manage the virus and to keep each other safe. 
I mean, they even, you know, they're going as far as when, when fall returns. Could we potentially, you know, go back to wearing a mask again? I don't know. I have no idea. You know, 88% of the population here in Canada is vaccinated. You know, more kids, you know, um, are vaccinated. You know, I think it was something like 90% of all Ontarians here are vaccinated. So... I think we're, I think we're going to be fine. I really do. Thank you for the two people who are coming on to the show here. Um, For those, what I'm talking about here, of course, um, St. Patrick's day was a couple days ago. And um, everything was was all well um, here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside. Um, they did, you know, you know, talk about from ten years ago the St. Patrick's Day riot um, here in the city. Um, that's something that you don't want to see, you know. On the, on the news in your city, you know, uh, making world news. I mean, you want to see your city making world news for good things, not for bad things. So, and we, we, we've never had a repeat of that um, civil unrest um, ever since when it came, when it comes to you know, St. Patrick's Day. And that, so, you know, this, this, this you know, over this past winter, and, and, and of course, you know, with the, um, all the um, protests, um, not just here in Ontario and Canada, but, you know, around the world, you know, over these restrictions and mandates and, and, and things like that. You know, the, the, the big uh, protest here in our capital, um, Ottawa, it had cost the city of Ottawa over $35.5 million for that fiasco, that Karen Carnival, of the policing. And that's not just their city police cost of the, uh, the RCMP, the Ontario uh, Provincial Police, and of, of course, uh, other police regions from all over the country 
that ascended on onto Ottawa um, when the Federal Emergency Act was enacted. Now, who's going to pay for that? Thirty-five and a half million. Who's going to pay for that? Taxpayers are going to pay for that. Because nothing, nothing in life, nothing in life is free. Especially when it comes to policing. When it comes to law and order. 35 and a half million. Three weeks of chaos. 35 and a half million dollars. And unfortunately, it's going to be the taxpayers who's going to pay for that. There's still a lot of things that are going to be running through the courts. And of course, with the organizers, they will be getting their day eventually. Some which are still sitting behind bars three hots in a cot. Others who were released on bail are under strict conditions until they get their day in court, which will be, you know, it's months down the road, you know, before, you know, pretty much, you know, anything gets settled with that. Yeah, I was reading that article the other day and it's like $35.5 million. For that fiasco in Ottawa. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in our world today. With Russia invading the Ukraine, climate change, coming out of this pandemic, and people who live in a free country, in a democracy, hollering freedom, it's gotta be one of the most ridiculous things I ever heard in my life. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know how good you got it, I mean, maybe you should maybe take a step back. And be thankful for what you have. 
Because you don't have bombs dropping all over your city. You don't have another country invading your country. You never lost your freedoms. You were restricted. There's a difference. Whether we liked it or not. You know, and, and, and today, you know, people are like, oh, you know, oh, we're still not, we're not lifting these, these, these restrictions fast enough. Even before, you know, um, these, these, these protests, you know, in, here in Ontario, the government and the top health officials had already had in place these timelines when things would lift, when the restrictions would be gone. We can't make everybody happy in society. We can't. It would be a perfect world then if we could do that. But we don't live in a perfect world. I know people's patience were running thin. I get it. not just protecting ourselves, but protecting the most vulnerable, our elderly, your own family. We made choices and there's consequences for the choices that we make and have made throughout this pandemic. Even, even when the very first time when uh, masks became mandatory, people pushed back. You make a scene, you make yourself look ridiculous. And even, you know, here, you know, in the 21st century, in our generation, experiencing a pandemic for the very first time was a shock, was a shock to our system. It was a shock to our reality.
that we wouldn't think we'd ever experience anything like this. Being restricted was difficult, but necessary. I've said this before, and, 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 you know, back in the time of the Spanish flu, the government and the health officials did the same thing. They closed businesses, they closed schools, social distancing, shuttered non-essential businesses. But they had to go through it, there was no hope in hell that there would be a vaccine. People can, you know what, you know, people can say what they want about the vaccine. I don't care. You know, it had saved a lot of lives and and you can agree or disagree, whatever. You know, people who um, are who were double vaxxed or or triple vaxxed, you know, um, ended up with with very low or, or moderate um, symptoms um, of the Omicron, and then people will say, you know, see the vaccine doesn't work. Oh yes, it did. I'm triple vaxxed and back at the beginning of January, somewhere, somehow, I contracted COVID-19. I didn't have severe symptoms. I had very low, I would even I wouldn't even say moderate, but enough that it was, it it was more annoying than, than anything. You know, very minor, sore throat cough congested lasted for 10 days and I know of people that you know were hospitalized weren't vaxxed. A 
one that I know of had spent four months in hospital. Being vaxxed kept me out of hospital. Nearly half my family, for whatever reasons, fully vaxxed. Hi, Chaka. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty well. How about you? I'm good. What the topic is going on? What you're talking about, like Chaka? Well, I, you know, um, I talked about um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I don't know that. What is St. Patrick's Day? Just uh, in Australia and New Zealand, they are celebrating. What is that? Um, I guess it, it's more for um, uh, the Irish. Irish? Yes. Uh -huh. Mostly so, Irish, they will celebrate it? Yeah, they, 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 they celebrate it. But everybody, you know, everybody, everybody celebrates it, you know. So, um, so what, so what, so, you know, you know, people who drink beer, Oh, you know, oh. so they'll, so they'll have, uh, so they put a coloring, so they put a green coloring in the beer, so the beer uh, oh, oh. Uh, is nice. green. Yeah, so so the beer would be green because you know the the, the leprechaun, you know, uh -huh. you know how the lepre leprechaun dresses everything in green. Yeah, and and stuff like that. So I talked about that. I you know uh, I talked about uh, ten years ago here in Ontario. Um, where I reside, Ontario, Canada, 10 oh. years ago marked the mm. anniversary of mm. a St. Patrick's Day riot here in the city where I reside. Yeah. How is your work is going? Huh? How is your work is going? How, how is my... your work? How is your work is going right now? It's your, your job is good. Oh yeah. My job is good. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy at work in, in that. So, yeah. I think you today's off. To today, yeah, I have Saturday, Sundays off. I work Monday through Friday. So, I'll call end it with them. That's okay. Thank you for calling in there, uh, uh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So. You know, like I said, you know, I mean, everybody has, has their opinion on a lot of things and, um, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I know people personally who, <laughs> you know, had to spend some time in the hospital because the decisions that they made. And that's unfortunate. But it's good to get back to to normalcy. You know, it's 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 good for everybody. It's good for our mental health. You know, because we all 
you know, experienced, you know, all different types of, uh, of feelings of, of and, and stressors. Um, what we have gone through, you know, in the last two years, you know, mentally, financially, And now we can just keep moving forward. I mean, we can't recoup our losses. We can't. We just think about better days ahead. And maybe, I know, I, you know I'm not a financial advisor, but maybe put some money to the side for a rainy day. So just in case my father always told me to do that just put some aside just a little bit just a little bit each paycheck put a little bit aside for a rainy day never know when you're going to need it never know what's going to happen you don't know when you're going to be sick here in Ontario, Canada, we only get paid for three days, three days sick pay. And if you're off for more than that, well, that's all you get. I was off for 10 days. Like I said, at the beginning of January, I only got a three day sick pay. And of course, you know, um, with the daylight savings time, we're here um, moving the clocks forward one hour. That was last weekend. And that and how it affects your biological clock. And me personally, I mean... I don't know. It just never, it's just never really affected me. You know, I'm not like, I mean, I, I get a, a good night's rest most nights, you know, um, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not a heavy sleeper. I say, I, I wouldn't say I'm a light sleeper, you know, but I wake up like every day I wake up and I don't feel any, any different. I didn't, you know, uh, with, with the time change moving one hour ahead, you know, but it, uh, apparently it affects people. It affects animals. You know, I guess, you know, the Monday, you know, the Monday after, you know, apparently there's, there's more traffic accidents, you know, people getting hurt at work, you know, because of this time change, you know, this, you know, it's a, it, it's a real thing. And sometimes, you know, they, they talk about that, you know, 
it, it, it takes weeks or or a couple months for uh, for some people to finally adjust to it. I kind of felt that 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 just sounded ludicrous. I mean, how would it take somebody so long to adjust to one hour time change? But it does. It you know people. You know, it affects people that way. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, it's just all in their head. But from time and time again, you know, the research says differently. But me personally, it's never, I've never felt any different. You know, Maybe I'm one of the lucky sleepers out there. I don't know. I mean, I sleep eight to eight and a half hours. Must be lucky. I know people, you know, don't get six hours. People don't get five hours of, of, of sleep. Maybe I'm just one of the lucky ones out there that <clears throat> gets a good night rest. All the time, you know. I mean, I'm not perfect. I mean, I have I have worries in my own personal life and, and in life in general, like everybody else. How you deal with them, that's, you know, different for everybody. Lots of things, you know, lots of things going on through the walk of life as we go through our lives on a daily basis and what is going on with your life. I'm not perfect. My life isn't perfect. I don't take things for granted. I don't worry about yesterday. I live in today and tomorrow's not here yet. I can't fix the past. And I don't sweat the small stuff. I look ahead to the future. And where is my headed? Where is my life going? Even throughout this pandemic and life in general, I've hit a lot of bumps. I've hit a lot of potholes. I have bottomed out. 
See, I take care of my, I, I, you know, I mean, I try to take care of myself first because, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't help others. Keeping my insanity, staying sane. It's been, it's been a rough ride for a lot of people. And you know, if you've been on my show before, or I show my frustration with people out there that just don't get it when it comes to your, 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 your freedoms, living in a free country, living in a, in a democracy. And I have shown and I have spoken out and that's me. I won't hold back and I will tell you what I think like it is and that back in in Ottawa where they had that Karen carnival with what was going on there I had my discussions with people They say, Hey, Doug, what do you think about this, this protest in Ottawa? Said it was a bunch of bullshit and they need to go home. Oh no, 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 no. This is, this is about our, our, our freedoms. I said, freedoms. I said, you were, you were restricted. Losing your freedoms and being restricted is two different things. You didn't lose your freedoms. You're restricted. The government you know, in a free society in, in, you know, North America, Canada, United States, most of Europe and other countries around the world, government just can't just up and say, oh, your freedoms are gone. No more freedoms for you. You know, this is not North Korea. This is not China. This is not Russia. And I said from time and time again, I mean, if you're so bent out of shape about your freedoms, you think you lost your freedoms, go live in North Korea, go live in China, go live in Russia. Then you can bitch and complain all day that you lost your freedoms because then you would have lost 
your freedoms. I don't know, is that freedom convoy bullcrap still going on in the United States around Washington, D.C.? I don't know. I haven't, haven't seen any articles, articles about it. You know, I mean, in the United States, I mean, you know, how, how is your, um, you have very many restrictions left in, in the United States. I mean, in most states, I mean, are you just, you know, good to go? I mean, you had all your your um, sports arenas and everything um, at full capacity um, long before um, we did here in Canada. And, you know, now that we are at full capacity everywhere, whether it's large sporting events or bars and restaurants and movie theaters and shopping malls and everything else, you know, all the major, all the major restrictions are gone. You know, I mean, for some people, I mean, they just went off the rails. You know, even even when the federal government here in Canada um, enacted the Federal Emergency Act, and not just some people here in Canada, but you know, well-known people um, in, in the uh, in the news um, in the United States and stuff like that, weighing in. on something they know nothing about. On how this Federal Emergency Act and, and what um, tools it actually gives the, the, the federal government Yes, it does allow the federal government to take control of all territories in every single province because you couldn't get your shit in order to end these blockades. It allowed the government to even having to to even having tow truck companies who were refusing to tow those trucks and vehicles out of there which then gave the government the power to make them do it it gave the government power to go after the financing. It gave the government the power to freeze bank accounts. 
who gave the government the power to enforce all police agencies to use whatever means necessary to move your sorry ass. It gave the government the authority to arrest you and charge you under the Federal Emergency Act if you re- if you refused to end the occupation. Started out really simple of a protest. But there's a difference with a protest and an occupation. There's a protest as you come, you protest, and you go home. You say your peace. Occupy, occupying a piece of property, land, roadways with blockades, whether it's with 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 passenger cars or transport trucks it is illegal to block any roadway by any means under the highway traffic act You can't set up camp and refuse to leave. These organizers are far right radicals. And you got to remember it was a truckers protest. It was a truckers protest because the federal government mandated that all Canadian truckers must be vaccinated. See, the trucking industry runs under the federal government, federal rules. So these far-right radicals thought it would be a good idea to jump on the backs of the truckers, have their own agenda. Which in the end... failed miserably. Your right to protest, but you do have the right to do that. Peacefully and lawfully. And that Karen Carnival in Ottawa was far from peaceful. 
and far from being lawful. Others will disagree in that. Disagree and that's fine. Disagree all you want. But there are boundaries. And if you can't accept the boundaries as a protester, then don't protest. You know, it was the first time in Canadian history that the Prime Minister enacted the Federal Emergency Act. And I say that because that was it was changed. It, it, it used to be the Federal War Act, but they completely changed it made it all new in 1988. So it became the Federal Emergency Act. So yes, it was the first time in Canadian history that the Federal Emergency Act was enacted. See, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, when he was Prime Minister of Canada back in the late 60s and into the 70s. It was 1972, I believe, that his father enacted the War Act because of what was going on in Quebec with the kidnapping and and killing that his father felt it was necessary to enact the War Act, which then brought in the military. And now when Justin Trudeau enacted the new act, the Federal Emergency Act, yes, a lot of people were opposed by it. No need for the military. He had no intentions of bringing in the military. But the other measures that could be used in that Federal Emergency Act was used. And that's far from over, too, because, you know, 360 days later, you know, the government will meet again. Over the Federal Emergency Act. And hope we don't need to do it again. Blocking major arteries, border crossings. You know, not only did we 
we feel the impact of that here in Canada, but you also felt the impact of that in the United States and the, the border cities and even stretched even further into the United States of businesses had to shut down because they weren't getting their necessities. And it was the big three auto makers for GM and Chrysler who actually went to court and got the injunction to have those barricades taken down at the border crossings. Citizens, truckers, blocking truckers. Ninety percent of the trucking industry was vaccinated and is vaccinated. You had that 10% fringe. They try to tell you that they can't work no more because of the vaccine mandate. They wanted you to cry them a river and feel sorry for them. When in fact, they could continue to work. Now, these were truckers who owned their own trucks, owner operators. They could have easily continued to work. Drive across Canada. You drove across Canada and you rigged the protest, so you could have drove across Canada delivering freight. Continued to work until these vaccine mandates were lifted. Just like so many American truckers that crisscrossed the United States Never coming to Canada. American truckers do come into Canada. These unvaccinated truckers could have easily continued to work. You know, with that Federal Emergency Act, too, you know, in the Ministry of Transportation, I mean, it gave the government the power to seize your truck, take your plates, take your operating license away from you. 
because you refuse to move your rig off the roadway. I didn't feel sorry for them. Not one bit. I never lost I never lost any sleep over it. I mean, people can have their opinion about whatever you want to have your opinion about, and that is my opinion. I've been in the, I've been in this industry thirty plus years, so when I tell you that they can, they they could have continued to work. I know what I'm talking about because I'm in the industry. And I will be for many years to come. So now it's all done except for all the crying. These organizers of that Karen Carnival. And the restitution that they will face, so will have to pay, that'll be for the courts to decide what's going to happen. So wait and see. I hope they learn their lesson. That you cannot have a unlawful protest. But time will tell because like I said, they are far right radicals. Some are actually, a couple of them are actually far-right extremists, racist. And I can say that because I can prove it. It's not defamation of character because this is who they are. Not the truckers who are protesting. They were just protesting because they were pissed off because the government mandated vaccine policy for the trucking industry. Far-right radicals, extremists, separatists, that's, you know, that would be a good idea to take the ride on the truckers back for their own agenda. We'll just use the truckers and make millions of dollars. See how fast they raise that money. They'll make themselves millionaires. How much money do you actually think was going to go to the truckers? That money wasn't going into the truckers' bank accounts. That money was going into one of the organizers' bank accounts. 
million dollars is what they got first. GoFundMe was looking at releasing another million dollars until they got the news that this was an unlawful protest, occupation, laws were being broken. Defacing, defacing national monuments in the capital, Ottawa. Harassing, assaulting citizens. That's why GoFundMe pulled the plug. And then they went to give, send, go. Some Christian GoFundMe platform who even allows groups like the Proud Boys to raise funds on their platform. And that's when the Ontario government went to court and was able to stop that funding. And then the Federal Emergency Act enacted, which we could freeze all their assets. And even that first million dollars that went into one of the organizer's bank account was frozen. The ones who got released from jail, the one organizer who had that, originally had that money, they all went home with empty pockets. If you thought for one second that this was for the truckers, then why didn't the truckers have their own GoFundMe platform? Well, it made sense, right? But what a better way for these far-right extremists and radicals to jump on the backs and use the truckers for their own agendas, their own platform. And you, the people, thinking you're funding the trucker freedom protest, you were not. You were funding the far right extremists, radicals, and racists is who you were funding. Everybody went home empty-handed. Everybody went home broke. Nobody got anything. And the ones that were released from jail, they got the walk of shame. That's what they got.
and maybe time served for the ones that you know who were den- uh, denied bail and then eventually got bail. Maybe that'll be time served. I don't know. It's not over. Now it's up, you know, now it is in the hands of the courts to decide what their punishment and fate is going to be. Whenever they get around to doing that. And the only time that, so the ones that have been released, the only time that these individuals can come back to court, to, to Ontario is for court. They cannot come back here. If they have relatives living here in Ontario, they, they have to inform the authorities that they're coming back into the province to maybe visit a sick loved one is going to have to be something legitimate. And whatever their cause may be or reason to come back into Ontario besides court, it'll be investigated to find out whether it is true or not. Because they are under a court order not to return. And besides, do they really need to come back here for another hearing in the courts? They can have a Zoom hearing. I mean, they had to do that from their jail cell. Or they're waiting to get bail. I think it's only three of them that has gotten bail. As far as I'm concerned, they, you know, they can do a, a, a Zoom meeting with their lawyers. They can do a Zoom meeting with the court. You don't need to step a foot back in this province. The cost, the the cost of this mess. Now they say it's at thirty five and a half million, but that's probably just an estimate, and I'm sure it's probably going to be closer to forty million, fifty million. Unfortunately, it'll be the taxpayers who's got to pay that. Not the organizers. Maybe we should just flip them the bill. But I want to thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen, for coming out here Saturday morning, where I am, at 10.15 a.m., and from where you are listening live on the show from around the world, whatever time of day it is, enjoy the rest of your day, your day and enjoy the rest of your weekend. 
Spring is officially tomorrow. This is the last day of winter. Yes. Get outside more often. Yep. So enjoy it. Embrace it. Warm weather is returning, which I long for, just long for it. So behave yourselves out there. Take care, be safe. Stay out of trouble. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. This is the Truckers Podcast for your information. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.